This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Analyze This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. I am your host of two, well, I guess that's a weird way of saying that. I am one of two hosts, but really one of two Hannahs. Anyway, you get the point. It's me, Hannah Hart. And today I'll be joined by extra special guest, Elle Mills, as we talk a little bit about, well, I guess you'll just have to wait and see. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so pleased to see you. How's your day been so far? What'd day's have- been good. I feel like, oh, I was a little stressed this morning. Oh, yeah? Uh, I just realized I have to leave for Seattle tomorrow instead of, like, when I originally was supposed to go. Oh. Um, but, like, now I'm all good. Took a shower. Nice. Ate some food. Yes. And now I'm here chilling on the couch with you. That's great. Have you packed yet? No, yeah. I'm not. I'll do that later tonight. That's a tonight problem. Packing is a tonight problem. Yes. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. But you know you're in trouble when packing becomes a tomorrow morning problem. Oh, 100%. Don't let it get there, man. I will not. You know? It cannot happen. So for the, um, we call our listeners earbuds. Mm-hmm. That's, that's them. I love that. Isn't that great, earbuds? Yes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so for some earbuds that may not be familiar with uh, the, who you are and what you do, um, let's give it the, the good old-fashioned, who are you and what do you do? Gotcha. <laughs> yes, for sure. So, um, hi, I'm Elle Mills. Um, I'm 21 years old now. As of uh, last week. Yes, 21 years old. I'm Canadian. <laughs> I currently live in Ottawa, Canada. And I make, I've been making videos for like two years, two to three years now. Um, and I, I find it hard to explain the type of videos I make. But I always try to say, imagine if Ferris Bueller had a YouTube channel. I think that's like the way I wow. like to describe it. I think that's a really great way of putting it. Yeah. If Ferris Bueller had a YouTube channel. I mean, I love your editing style. And Thank you. Honestly, it's a style that I feel like YouTube hasn't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the way you approach your videos. When I saw, when I first started watching them, I felt very refreshed by it. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like, oh, cool, look, an artist. Yeah. Making YouTube. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. I feel like my videos, I remember like when I was trying to figure out my style, um, not Casey Neistat's vlogs, but Casey Neistat's, I don't know if you've ever seen his, like, old films. Like, that's what's definitely, like, my vibe. Like, I want to make something like that. Each and video put, is a little mini film. Exactly. I, so. And as a viewer, I very much appreciate that, mm-hmm. that effort, though I know it is very draining, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, no matter how long you're on the internet and no, no matter how many other things you do, people will always ask you this question. Mm-hmm. So what was your first video and what led you to make it? <laughs> I, I'd love to say that people are going to stop asking you that, yeah. but after eight years, Honestly, people don't. I feel like I barely get asked that question. Really? Yeah. Oh, great. Yes. Excellent. I, I'm a good <laughs> interviewer. Yes. I think it's um, it was a music video. I used to make a lot of music videos because I was like around eight years old, so it was like a lot of Jonas Brothers music videos. Like fan videos? Um, yeah. I feel like it was like musically, but like a little more intense. Oh, cool. Yeah, like, like you would make your own 
version of a, of a music yes, video. Yes, oh, like friends that. and family. And I did that for a couple of years. I remember like Key and Lolly, like O2L, that's what they used to do. And that's what I watched. So I did that. Um, and then I went a little bit into more comedy. But yeah, that was my first videos were music videos. And when skits. you were eight years old? I, yeah, eight years old, I was making, yeah, just videos with my mom's camcorder. And then like, I think around 10, 11 is when it was starting. I started putting on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What was your first video that you were like, oh, shit. I've got all these eyes on my channel now. Mm, yeah. Um, I I used to do editing trailers. So uh-huh. I did genre swap trailers. So I, the first one that got attention was If Stranger Things Were a Romantic Comedy. Oh, my God. And so I made that Stranger Things Look Like a Romantic Comedy. None of this monetizable. No. <laughs> Nothing on my channel is monetizable, honestly. But I, that's what I did for a while. I did those trailers. And that's how I gained my first, like, 10,000 subscribers. Wow. Yeah. So was that a number that you had a goal for when you started, like— 10,000 is when you can uh, apply to be a partner on yeah. the YouTube platform, right? Yeah. I feel like right after I graduated high school, which was like 2016, I had around like 400. And my goal for the end of the year was if I posted every week, I could probably hit 1,000 subscribers. But with the the style of editing that you do, I can't imagine posting every week was something that was oh, easy. No, it was not. And I like I was in I was in my first year of university at that time. And I remember my grades were really, really bad because YouTube was doing a little better. Like I was people were actually watching at the end of that semester like the, my first semester I dropped out because I was like oh dropped out I told my parents I wanted a gap year to try to make this YouTube thing happen yeah I mean you're clearly very talented yeah well how did they receive that obviously shocked at first I feel like because I've always been like out of my siblings the one who's always been academically good at like, academics they're like, like but you're not bad at school why yeah. do you want to drop out exactly yeah and so that's kind of like when somebody, if you're gay, people are like, but you're so pretty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, yeah. But they, I feel like my mom was more understanding. My dad definitely was like during that whole six months of the gap year, I guess, was like on my ass kind of about it. But I think I was around like June of that year, I had around 100K. And so I feel like 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. And I, that's when, like, I think money started coming in. And so mm-hmm. they were able to see, like... Got those is, YouTube pennies? Yes. Love those sweet pennies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were able to see, like, it's a legit thing. Because I feel like they didn't understand it. So, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's refreshing to hear that you took ownership and made the choice to take a gap year first before really, like, popping off online. Like, mm-hmm. so often when I talk to younger creators or creators that are getting started in this later time on YouTube, yeah. it's always that, like, well, I was making so much more money, money from my channel, I dropped out of school. Yeah. And I've always felt like that's kind of a disempowering decision because you're letting the money dictate your life path mm-hmm, as opposed to making, like, a choice and then being like, this is the choice I made to try for a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. There's also a lot of people who I know who wouldn't make the decision to take the gap year because they feel like that is too big of a risk. Mm. And like, really? Because they don't have the financial, I don't know, yeah, make sure, I get that. you know what I mean, to, to afford to take a year off or something like that. Or like parents are like, kind of always like that. In America, we don't have anything called a gap year. There's no cultural, oh. like, it's okay for you to take time. And the way it goes here is that you're K through 12, meaning kindergarten through 12th grade. Yes. And then after you graduate, either you're working, like you start a job because you're not going to college, or you go to college. And that's it. There's no concept of, Whew, boy, I sure have been in school since I was five years old. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take a breath. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That is wild. I know. I feel like it's like a, take a year off to travel is usually the thing that people do. Not here, man. Damn. We, uh, Americans. We love to suffer <laughs> and uh, consume. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked the idea of a walkabout. 
You know, that's mm-hmm. what they call it in Australia. They call it a gap year, the gap year of the walkabout. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that cute? I love that. Me too, right? I love Australians. I know. <laughs> that is so great. So here you are. You're in your gap year. Mm-hmm. What is the moment? And this, again, is just kind of building the narrative so people that, again, who aren't familiar with your story and your journey get a little insight into what you've been through that has led up to you here at 21. Yes. So when did you have an overwhelming amount of views? Let's say like your channel's growing, you get 100K, you're getting good consistent views. At what point and what video, if you can remember, was it that you were like, oh, there's a lot of people looking at this now? I feel like I had two moments. Yeah. I feel like there was a moment like for a while I was like steady, like I was consistently having like really good engagement. I feel like maybe, yeah, the biggest one would be my coming out video. Mm. That's when I was like overwhelmed and like all these creators were now reaching out and like everyone's eyes were on me. That's the biggest one I feel like. And that was end of 2017. End of 2017. God, that's so not long ago. Yeah. Wow. So suddenly you'd gone from this controlled space Mm -hmm. of like, this is where I do my channel. Here I go. One, two, one, two. Yeah. Into, oh, wow. Now there's a lot of people reaching out to me. Yes. How how was that? (laughs) overwhelming I remember being like just on edge and I was like I have to do something bigger better bigger and better every week or else it's gonna go away I just remember having that mentality of like it's grind time or else it's gone what was it before I mean because it was kind of a grind even then then. yeah for me I was still stressed during that time but I felt like even more pressure because I was such a huge YouTube fan growing up that all of a sudden having all these people I look up to talking about me that was like I had to, like, impress them even more. Like, before, it was, like, it was like trying to gain an audience and, like, everything. Now it's, like, impressing people I look up to. How terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Wow. Yeah. People always talk about, like, that opportunity or, like, that open door. Like, all it just takes is that, like, one moment. But nobody ever really mentions the kind of pressure that comes alongside that moment. Yeah. Because a lot of attention doesn't mean a lot of stability. It doesn't mean, like, oh, you've arrived. Here. Oh, oh my God. Here's... Here's your gift basket of uh, everything you're going to need to know so you don't have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Instead, it's like, uh, you're in the great game now. I know. To quote Tyrion Lannister. It's crazy. You even had someone say recently, like, I heard it, it was like, like the journey to get to your goal is just probably the more fun part. See what? You don't agree? Uh, I think that, well, here, finish your thought and then I'll give you my, me, my, my I'm like, tips. I'm thinking of like, the excitement of, like, reaching a goal is just so much. Like, once you get there, you're like, okay, now what? Like, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. thinking back to me, like, making these videos and, like, hoping, oh, I hope I get 100K. Oh, my God, I had 200K. Like, that just, like, the excitement of all of that and, like, just, like, working your ass off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to say. It's the journey, not the destination. Yes. Yeah. That's absolutely true. It's good that you already know that every time you get there, it's going to be the next thing. Yes. You know, and so it's all about like managing that. So it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. If you want this to be your career, right? Like your career for the next however many years we're given. Yay. Yeah. That it's a lot of like kind of maintaining and dispersing energy, specifically creative energy. We talk a lot about creativity on this podcast. I don't know if it's because creativity is such a big part of my emotional experience of the world. Has your relationship with creativity changed since you've kind of hit this first benchmark goal? I feel like it went through waves. I feel like I'm back at it. There was a time where it was more like of a formula than being creative and thinking outside the box. The funny thing about being a creative person is I don't want to ask you all the creativity questions of like, what's your inspiration? Where does it come from? Mm -hmm. Have you always known? Like, la, 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 la. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just kind of a part of who you are, right? Yeah, I agree. Was video always your outlet? Because, I mean, eight years old, right? Yeah. I think it has always been like I like you could see home videos and I'm always grabbing the camera and I've always been making little 
music videos even before YouTube. Little vignettes. Yes, and like for our family and stuff. And even school, like I remember the first video project I did was in grade five. And so it was around 10 then, I think. I really, like, that's what I remember making this. We had to make a commercial. Like, that was our, our project. Mm-hmm. And I, like, really went all in for it. And I was really proud of it. And that's when I, like, I used Windows Movie Maker for the first time. WMV? Yeah. You got, oh, my God. Exported so. that little. Oh. One of the first videos I ever made back in, like, high school was a Buffy music video to the theme of Sailor Moon. Oh, my God. So Sailor God. Moon's theme song, but with Buffy. Like, yeah. fighting by Move yeah, I don't remember. I think it was a WMB, but I made it with my best friend in high school, and it was a lot of fun. That's fun. We also reshot the Roswell pilot using Barbie dolls and our own wow. special effects. That's like a lot thing everyone does. I feel like the Barbie doll thing. Oh, yeah, because yes. you're like, well, it's them. Yeah. Here we go. We're <laughs> exactly. going to use these guys. Do you come from a creative family? Like, do you... I don't want to shit on them, but I don't <laughs> You're like, well, none of them are here. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. My sister, we used to do it a lot together, but everyone else, no. Yeah, and nobody, like, it's not like, oh, yeah, my dad's a musician or... No, my dad's an accountant. Oh. I forget what my mom does. That's probably why yeah. you got both sides of the brain in this. I mean, that's probably why you were able to recognize that there's a system in place and bring art to that system mm-hmm. because a lot of people know... The game, like the YouTube game, yeah. quote unquote now. And you see these like copies of a copy and you see people just kind of like churning stuff out. But you were able to kind of churn stuff out and have a voice. Mm-hmm. What do you think enabled that? Was it that you've just been always honing this skill? I feel like I looked up to people who didn't do that maybe. Like, because it was so easy to just do whatever is trending, right? But I feel like I was able to see like people like Casey Neistat mm-hmm. or Jack's Gap. Like yeah, he, yeah, love you know, Jack's Gap. Yeah, Bertie Gilbert. Yep. If you know Bertie Gilbert, yep. people like that, I'm like, they're doing what they want, being creative and still able to have an audience want to come back and watch. And I think that's what made me want to do that because I really respected them. And so I wanted to be respected as well. So Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Jack's Gap, adorable British brothers that um, make excellent, made mm-hmm. really cute little short film videos. I really admired that one of the brothers, I don't know if it was Finn or... Jack. Jack. I think you were talking about Jack. Ar- yeah. I went to study architecture. Oh, wait, that's Finn. Is it Finn? I don't know. One, One of them. Yes, anyway, yes, they went back to school. Yeah. Now they study architecture. It's great. <laughs> Do you feel like, you, you know, here you are, you've just turned 21. When you went to school, what, what were you studying? Where did you think you'd be right now? I went into marketing. I feel like whenever I told people in grade 12, they're like, well, what are you doing now? I'm like, I'm going to school for marketing. They're always like, really? I thought you would have been going into film or something like that. But I felt like I was from like a small town. I felt like too big of a jump. And so I was, I was trying to do like the baby step, like the halfway between, which is like advertising, maybe like commercials, like Mass that's com. a bit of, yeah, like creative outlet there. And so I was trying to do like a halfway thing. When I went to school, that was my first major too. Yeah. But I changed it later to English Lit. I yeah. was like, this all seems very obvious. You know? Yeah, for sure. But advertising is something that, like, kind of appealed to me. And I think it, maybe it's that, like, hesitance that, like, oh, I don't want to just go after my dream because I always want to be able to do it. Uh-huh. And I don't want to think I failed. So I'll do advertising. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of. I know. Like, you know? It's, it's a pretty cool, like, creative outlet. Hell for, yeah, yeah, it is. But it's not like taking a piece of your soul out of your body. Exactly. So instead, you chose to take pieces of your soul out of your body. Yes. Right. Exactly. After you had all this attention for people that you respected who suddenly got into quote unquote the real grind because now the emotional labor is there too not mm-hmm. just the mental and creative labor and maybe I skipped ahead for our listeners but just so you guys know there's the creative labor which is how do you continue working in a creative field the mental labor of fuck I have to edit this <clears throat> yeah you know but the emotional labor is what you encountered next which was whoa I have all this attention I have all this attention from people I respect mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so like after the coming out video, that's when I really went into I have to talk myself every week. And so I like drain myself. I remember mm. the video right after my coming out video. Was there even, just real quick, you keep saying like top yourself every week. Was there ever another option or like a, I'll just, yeah. No, just, yeah. I was like, I can't, I remember after the coming out video, I'm like, I can't post something that's less than this. Yeah, I, I pushed myself too far. The next video was I legally married my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> so I, yeah, I really went too far. Like, I really went right into the deep end there. Oh, my God. Um, I just can't, like, do you, this is just, it's so, you're 12 years younger than me. Yeah. And so the sentence, yeah, no, I, uh, so anyway, then I just legally married my <laughs> sister's boyfriend. It's just like, what is, yeah. what is society, what is life today? Yes. Um, so that's what I did. So like, it was like kind of that mentality. I have to do something as big as that. Like every week, I would think it was cutting down to every two weeks. And I I hate to keep like pushing back and interrupting you, but like, you do know that like a coming out journey, like that's for you too. You know, you made a beautiful, artful piece about it, but it's not, you know, I think when I said that, I remember thinking about this. I'm like, when I was trying to explain to people, like I have to top this, like you can't top a coming out video. I'm like, I know that's not what I mean. Like, I mean, like in terms of like video structure, let's take the story out of it for a second like, my coming out experience and the personal experience out of that. Like, in terms of, like, the video structure, the editing. The format. The, the format, standard. The standard, yes. It needs to make people feel something or, like, make people feel wowed or, like, that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And to be honest, like, I know it was exhausting, but I'm really proud of you for having that, for looking at that overwhelming gesture, looking at, oh, my God, this is the new standard I've set for my content. Yes. And not shutting down. Because I feel like if I if that exact thing had happened to me, I would have probably shut down for a, a while mm-hmm. before coming up with something else that I felt like would be something I could post. But, you know, in the face of that fear, it feels like it. you kind of doubled down. Yeah. I went, I went extra hard. Where does that come from? Or how? I feel like I've always been like that in school. Like, it's just something I've always had. Like, I, I'm all or nothing. I try to push myself above and beyond because I want people to think that of me. Like, and so... I was doing that for a couple months, and and also like on your top, uh, marrying your sister's boyfriend. I don't even know what video was after that, but I feel like after that, I kind of made I made like an Instagram post or something, being like, "Hey, like I'm just gonna diet down a little bit." Like, That's just, probably yeah, and be like, "There's still like pretty big videos or whatever mm-hmm. around that time," because like with YouTube, there's not just the videos. Yeah, that's when tour started happening. Mm. interviews, conventions, events, award shows. Like for me, like watching YouTube growing up, that was the dream. I'm like, oh, that seems like the lifestyle I want. And that's all the opportunities started coming after that. And I said yes to like every single one, which was dumb because. But you also wouldn't have known any better. No, not at all. No, you can't ask a, well, how old are you then? 19? Yeah. A 19 year old to have a healthy, balanced perspective between work and restoration. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's kind of one of the things that like concerns me about this industry. Very few credible representatives are looking out for the kids. Yeah. So how many months was that between coming out video and saying yes to all this stuff? December, January, February, March, April. Five months. Of- five months? Yeah. Wow. That's no time at all. Mm-hmm. And you're already like, okay, we got to get you on the road. We got to get you on tour. We got to do all these things. Like, yeah. And you've just barely learned how to, there was no room for you to acclimate. Yeah. At all. Yeah, it was like, it was intense. And I felt like I could handle it because I've been wait. I was like, felt like I was waiting for that. This, that like, 
all those. You were hungry weird, for it. Yes. You're like, like, I can great. Yes, this is all happening. I'm excited. But like, that's when everything started to crash. And during high school, middle school, I, I was very fortunate and I did have bad mental health experiences. I never really experienced like, I was nervous, but never experienced like, feel like anxiety. Yeah, or anything like that. Or like a panic attack. Yes. And I experienced. That's the 2018. That's when I started experiencing all that. And I had my first panic attack on tour and I was so confused because I was alone. I didn't understand what was happening. I was crying, shaking. I was like, I don't understand what's happening. If you feel comfortable, I'd love to, if you could walk us through a little bit of what that, because panic and anxiety, they all feel different for everybody. Did you know it was a panic attack? Like what? No. So what physically? What was yeah. that? Yeah. So I was sitting in the hotel room. I met everyone at the show, and I think we were back in the hotel room. My my mom and brother were there, and I remember just sitting there. I was like, I feel like I'm on the verge of tears. My vision became foggy. Like I felt like I was in like in a dream, tingling everywhere, and I started like shaking. And I like I knew I was about to cry, so I was like, I gotta leave the room because I don't like my mom seeing me like that. So I went downstairs to the lobby. And I remember just shaking. I was like, what's happening? What's happening? I, I was like trying to text people that like were like, I texted my friends, Shannon and Dodie. They're like, they like experienced stuff like that. And so I was like, what's happening? Because I feel like I knew it was something along the lines of anxiety or something like that. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. What's happening? I started hyper And my friend Corinna, she's on, especially guest on a tour. She, she experiences anxiety. And so I was trying to get her attention. I was like, she's not answering, not answering. Try to get like I remember freaking out, and then by the time I got to her room, I just bawled and bawled, and then it stopped. And then I was just like, I felt like uh, exhaustion, like tired. I was just like sitting there, like, well, that was weird. Yeah, just like I felt like defeated. Mm. That's what I felt. I just that's yeah, that's what happened. Well, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your heart, your mind, your body was begging for your attention. Yeah. So what happened next then? That started happening. More and more regularly. Yeah. And then it got to the point where it was like, I definitely was crying every night. Ugh, don't you hate, and I don't know if people, if you guys have experienced this, don't you hate when you have anxiety or get panic attacks and you get, you're in, I remember in the very beginning when I first, and I, I don't have anxiety. I'm not, I don't have anxiety. I yeah. mean, I can feel anxious, but it's not my resting state. Yes. When I first had a panic attack, I thought I was having an allergic reaction and I went to the ER and yeah. they're like, no, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, interesting. Never heard of it. I hadn't. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not having a nervous breakdown. I'm not like in a psychotic state. So I guess it must not be that. But when they start happening more regularly, even after you know what's happening, there's almost that feeling of knowing it's coming. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, because that's almost as distracting as the anxiety attack. Exactly. Because you're like, is that, do I see it in the corner? Oh, God. Don't look in the corner. Yeah. Ah, fuck. You know? Exactly. And it's worse than, like, when you're in, like, a meeting or something. I'm like, oh, no, it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming. And then I have to, like, just sit there and, like, push through and then go to my hotel room right, right after. So um, so you're on tour as this is happening every couple of days? Yeah, tour. Then there was, like, Shorty Awards around then. I was, like, traveling for other people's things. I, and then I, Playlist Live was the big one where it was, like, bad, bad. I feel like it's such a blur now, but I know, like, that's where I I was very suicidal. And... It was not being in that atmosphere. I don't know how to explain. Nothing feels live. lonelier than being surrounded by so many people. Yes. And like the hotel rooms and like being around people, like going on stage and like just feeling like not an object. I don't know. It just, it just it doesn't feel 
natural, I don't know, well, everything. You, meet and greets. Like, you had spent so many years, like you said, since basically you were eight years old, mm-hmm. getting to this point where you're like, that's the dream. Or like 10 years old, 12 years old, that's living the dream. I can't wait to get to that point. Yeah. And then when you're in the middle of it, and everyone's like, aren't you so happy? You must be so proud. You must be so excited. Yeah. But then there's the work. There's all that. Yeah. That comes with it. Yeah. Super, like, stressful. I just feel like it was all building up and building up and building up. Like, I also started, like, drinking to, like, cope with it. Underage? Well, I'm, Who gave I'm, you alcohol? I'm legal in, in Canada. In Canada. Playlist ain't in Canada, girl. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was drinking there. That's when I went home. I had a very public breakdown and that's the day that day I experienced the worst panic attack I've ever experienced and I like blacked out and that's when everyone kind of my management and my family and friends kind of like said we have to cancel the rest of the tour we can't you're not doing anything for like a bit what happened um what do you mean by public it was like right after place got home I started drinking I was like in the morning I was alone in oh my, my house. god yeah and I just got drunk and I snapped and I I made a video and I said basically along the lines of I haven't seen it in a while but like it was like something along the lines of like fuck this this doesn't make any sense why am I so unhappy it doesn't make any sense I've reached my goal why am I so unhappy and full disclosure I've never watched the video I, yeah I well I deleted it yeah that got posted I didn't, I didn't watch it because I was like it made me too sad yeah because I was like so you haven't seen the breakdown nobody- at 19 is that the fuck this video? Well, it's like it's in that video, but like no, the no. whole yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, watch it next though. No, no, it's just like that explains like the whole what I went through. So basically, that all happened. I posted online. Everyone kind of like was like, "Where are you?" Because I was stopped responding. And anyways, that day was just a really bad day. And um, so you posted a video. So for those of you who are curious about what the contents of that video are, you can go to Elle's channel and watch uh, "Burnt Out at 19, yes. which contains a clip of that video. From before. Yes. I, I'm letting you know that I didn't watch it because when I saw it, I was like, oh. I, and it made me so angry, sad that nobody protected you. Yeah. That, you know, and it's it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, like, I as a mental health advocate would like to see more protection for our artists and creatives in this industry. Yeah. You know? I so. Anyway, so you have this very public nervous breakdown and yeah. everyone's finally like, oh, L. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to chill. And so, like, around then, that's when uh, the first video I posted after that uh, was Burnt Out on 19, where I kind of explained my whole thing and that I'm, I'm burnt out. Like, I literally, like, I pushed myself to past exhaustion. Like, did, And did you feel, were you able to identify it? Were you able to say, I need to slow down? Was there ever a point before that that you were able to confide in how you were feeling? A little bit. I was very bad with communication back then. Ironically, I feel like a lot of artistic people are bad at communicating. Yes. Because they're like, well, you know, paint this giant canvas. You're like, that's how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And like, that's how I explained my feelings through videos. I feel like there are a couple people who knew, but they they would tell me this, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. But I was like, no, no, I have to do it. I have to do it. I would always tell them no. But now I'm like, I'm aware of like my boundaries and stuff, but. Which is really good. Yeah, it took a while. It took a year, but like now I'm feeling in such a better place. So between that moment, yeah, and then coming back into the public, yeah, what did you spend that year doing? What what allowed you to come back into the public? Mm-hmm. Well, going back to the public, I I had prior commitments. So I don't know if you know what Buffer Festival is. It's like it's a, a can- yeah yeah pre- you premiere. I went to the first one. Oh my gosh, amazing! There was a Buffer Festival LA. That's the one I went to, uh, and I, I I only went once, and it was in Toronto. Yes, yeah. they do in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And so I was set to make a video 
and premiere it. And I still didn't want to say no to that. But I canceled everything before that. How, so how long was that? How a long? month or something. One month? Yeah. So you learned how... So, okay, wait a minute. So have you learned how to communicate how you're feeling? Now I do. Like, okay. I feel like <laughs> d- definitely from when I posted Burnt Down 19, I was still going through, through it. Like, it. Like, but you wanted to make sure you fulfilled that obligation. And Bufferfest is... Honestly, they do cool premieres. It's yes. in a theater, and it's all this great. So you wanted to hit that. And the video doesn't say, ha, end on a happy note. Like, the video is basically, I'm being honest. I'm working on it, and it's just going to be a learning process. Mm. And so from then till now, I've been just communicating if I'm really tired and exhausted, and other people, like my manager or friends or family, are able to help me, like, not cancel, maybe, like, slow down, pace myself, maybe reschedule stuff. Because I have a problem saying no. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest problem, I feel like. And so, so you need people to trust that will only bring you opportunities they think are worth your time. Yes. Because there's a thousand short-term commitments that can fill up anybody's schedule. Mm-hmm. But there's only one now. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so that's just been it, really. Really, it's been also therapy. One of those? One of those. <laughs> I've been doing that. I don't know. I just feel like I what my biggest problem during that time was not communicating how I was feeling properly. So I feel like that's just but what I've been doing. And then from there, like telling someone I have this problem and usually they're able to help me figure out what to do with that problem. And so, yeah. That's great. Sometimes mm-hmm. asking for help is the hardest part. Yes, 100%. Because you know? then usually people are like, well, how can I help you? And you're like, hey, look, as far as I've gotten, I asked for help. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. it. I don't, know where to, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know where to take you from here. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm glad we covered that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to say you're so young, but... You're very much in the middle of what will become your first major life lesson of this industry. Yes. You know, what I think is fascinating is that suddenly when you're in the public eye, you become a public figure and people look at you, look to you for advice. Yeah. How trippy is that? Full disclosure, we very recently were on the uh, (laughs) LGBTQIA queer panel at uh, VidCon. And so here you are, you, you came out. But yes. how's that been? How does that translate for you? Where people are like, "L, give me advice. You're like, what? Like, oh my God, I'm really bad at advice. Well, why should you be good at it? Uh, yeah, and I feel like that's been like a thing I've learned that every time I've talked about something openly, that now I am expected to, to be an authority on the subject. Yes, and that's been a big problem. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. What, oh. you mean at 21, <laughs> you don't know everything about every circumstance yeah. and everyone's life experience? Mm-hmm. No. Really? Yeah. Oh, Did you man. expect that to come with the price of YouTube fame? I mean, I, I feel like in the back of my mind, I guess, but I just didn't think. You thought they knew what they were talking about? Yeah, I guess not. I, guess, I don't know. I guess I didn't expect it because I was really, like, thrown off by, like, oh, I'm now going to be asked about this. Like, every person that comes out to me is going to talk about it. I'm like, oh. I just feel like I'm not in the place to give anyone advice. That's why I always feel like because I'm still i still learning. Yeah. So, like, who am I to say? You know what editing. advice I want? I want advice with Premiere. That's what I want from you. Like, editing advice. Oh, yes. I, I would do that. Yeah. I'm Final Cut. You're Final Cut? I am Final Cut. Which one? 10? Yes. Th- 10. Really? Yeah. I left Final Cut because of 10 and started learning Premiere. Oh, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I wish I learned Premiere when I was young age, but I feel like I'm so good at Final Cut that just no point. It does the job for me. It does. But, man. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to, I'll have to put that to the side right now. Yeah, yeah. When I was 21, nobody was looking at me, you know? And I can't imagine what it must be like to be 21 with people's attention. You're going to make decisions, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to learn lessons. 
And I hope that as you do that stuff publicly, you remember that this is an exception, not the rule. Yeah. You know? Because the more isolated you feel from other people, it's hard to not be like, well, why am I reacting this way? And remember that what you're going through is an exceptional experience, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that requires a different level of, I guess, care. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. You yeah, know? For sure. I am really rooting for you. Well, I really you. am. And I, and, I, and I hope you meet the right people, and I hope you make good, nice friends. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to see what you make. I mean, you are a very talented person. Thank you. You know? And... Unfortunately, everybody knows now, so they're all going to ask you <laughs> yeah. for a lot of things. But really pay attention. Yes. Remember that it's a battery, and batteries need to be recharged. Mm-hmm. I think you've already learned, and I hope you continue to respect yourself mm-hmm. and to, to learn those boundaries and to learn your battery. Yeah. Because I think you bring great value to this space and to whatever space you go into next. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome that so really much. That really means a lot. No, too, yeah. So. I mean it, man. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. Now we're going to talk about bisexuality. Yes. Love that. But if you guys want to listen to me and I'll chit-chat about bisexuality and sexuality in general and whatever else comes up, go on and head over to my YouTube channel and watch that video because that's it for us here on the podcast, friends. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. If you have enjoyed listening to this or if you want to find more of Elle, Elle, where can people find you? Uh, YouTube.com slash Elle the Mills. Elle the Mills? Yes. Cool. All the Mills. Yes. <laughs> Elda Mills on YouTube, and uh, if you want to find out more about Analyze This, our groundbreaking podcast, yet to be award-winning, but hey, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there soon. Uh, go ahead and click like, rate, review. Is that the terminology? Rate, review, and subscribe. Don't click like because you can't, but you can rate, review, and subscribe, and tune in next week as we talk about more things. Bye-bye.